intertextual cardboard experience. This is Vod, ghost of podcast, past, present, future, and everywhere in between. In the matter of seconds, and then further explain in a couple minutes, you're finding out that you are subjected to the ramblings of just one person, Ryan. It's quite terrifying, and believe me, going into this little in-between episode, I was so excited to mess around with some thoughts on my own, but those thoughts grew and grew and became so unruly. I typed about 3,000 words, and a lot of those words were just outlines uh, for the things that I discussed between a couple things that I stumbled over and had to re-say, uh, bathroom break, couple chunks of a couple minutes of just sitting there looking at myself and saying, have you gone crazy? My first recording was over an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, it was a struggle. It was weird. It wasn't what I wanted. And when I looked into the Zoom camera at myself when everything was said and done, I saw a person that was so defeated. Uh, there was a ton of prep into trying to make my only me interview uh, slash ramblings, a fun opportunity to help create some bearing for you, the listeners, to perhaps understand me more. The cohesion was terrible, uh, and frankly, everything sucked. What you're about to listen to uh, was still kind of tough to do. Uh, straightly soliloquizing into a camera and looking at a confused version of yourself uh, all the while gets tougher as time goes on. Uh, I was disappointed because a lot of the a lot of episode-specific feedback was a part of the first take that ultimately got cut between version one and two. Uh, there were many good thoughts and gratitudes expressed in those words, uh, but the way that I kind of try to like branch and connect those parts to the future parts just made it really tough <laughs> to make it all make uh, a lot of sense. But uh, I'm hoping to be able to send out the chunks of that audio to the previous guest because uh, one of the purposes of this is to express uh, that gratitude and obviously without diving into uh, the particular episodes there's a lot more like general uh, thank you being shared uh, here to everyone who has listened to the show and obviously everybody that has been on the show and talked with me all that said the podcast lives. So thank you for checking it out. Hello, and welcome to Intertextual Cardboard Experience. If you couldn't tell from that little prologue, it's just me today. And before you flee, delete, cry, whatever, I implore that you stick with me. Despite not having an awesome guest here to carry the episode, I think you're in for a unique opportunity today. There will be words, news, buried teasers, a giveaway, and more. Between the school trimester ending, coaching, holidays, and a slew of other things converging, I definitely fell behind with communication, planning, and, and all of that. Uh, from a scheduling standpoint, though, I feel as if this could be a really neat thing. Instead of having to wait a full two weeks before the next quote-unquote real episode, you'll be able to return to your regularly scheduled program and a special one at that one week from today. I was contemplating making this one a non-episode, uh, but with everything 
that has gone into it and was deleted and is now going into it uh, with some major revisions. It's going to be a full-fledged numbered episode. Uh, this also sets up the next guest to be episode 10, which will be a mini landmark and a holiday gift-ish to myself and hopefully you too. Then there won't be an episode releasing on Christmas Day uh, for those who celebrate that or have any family-related functions, so I feel that works out. Despite not being the initial intent, I'm happy, uh, especially happy now, excited, and have a whole bunch of uh, positivity for what you're about to listen to. Uh, much of the podcast, with like the episodes that have happened already, don't explicitly talk about some of my preferences or behind the scenes stuff. I've done a little bit of that in, you know, like intro prologue things uh, with the chapter introduction and things like that. You know, some of my preferences are inherently baked into uh, the show, you know, based on, you know, who I'm talking to. There are people that I've engaged with uh, through their games, designs, uh, critical media about games and and the subsequent discussion has covered, you know, some of my thoughts and opinions on things as well. But all that said, with it just being me, uh, hopefully you can learn a little bit about me in, in not too long of a period in time. And I hope that that is enlightening as well. Pod stats and thoughts. Podcast stats or pod stats, as you just heard, is maybe not what you think. Um, little, little quick thing for you. So I have my most frequently used phrases in, ooh, very cool. Ooh, very neat. I like that. I like that a lot. Or I like that, insert comma, I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, just reflecting on that, you know, right away, whenever there is an interview, I'll listen to it uh, just about right away. So maybe maybe I'll go for like a run and throw it on and listen to it. But I just want to hear where like the conversation breaks are and, and the way that things should be uh, organized from like a structural show note break standpoint, which I'll talk about in a second. So having it like happen immediately after really just like allows me to do some of that like pre- production uh, work and you know some people hate listening to themselves I get that used to be there but after years of necessary public speaking just growing up and everything that's involved with that I shed quite a bit of pride uh, and ego in all things I want to do my absolute best and being able to laugh uh, or even appreciate my idiosyncrasies has become a part of that and it's uh, it's super sincere uh, in the face of all of these unique and insightful guests. Uh, what they say is quite cool, neat, and like worthy. Chapters slash sound effects. A big thanks to Alan for the idea on breaking the episodes up a little. Uh, people definitely listen to their podcasts in different ways, so this could be a potential you know, disruption if you if you just like listen to the conversation straight. But the audio of the conversation isn't changed at all uh, with these these many breaks. 
So it's still just that normal, authentic conversation um, and also has the potential of a nice reference point just in case you want to find a discussion topic a little easier by having things chunked off in 15, 20, up to you know 30 or as low as like five or eight minutes. I do hope that the navigation of, of finding parts, if that is something that you have done after uh, listening to one uh, one time, is easier uh, for you. Additionally, I, I really like the fact that it allows me to add a little flair and specificity for the particular guests. Everything that I'm trying to do is, is linked to uh, that specificity running around on a windy day to catch a disc golf putt that I just made uh, audio recording my dental hygiene and the other things that I've done and thought about have been entertaining to me too logo all right for my logo I love this uh, one of my friends made it for me because they have a ton of graphic design skill and I do not Maybe eventually I'll share the inspirational prototype that I had uh, for them to work with. It's laughably bad. Uh, kind of the intent. I wasn't going to spend a ton of time trying to polish a, a piece that was going to get binned. But they took the idea, uh, ran with it, and made this phenomenal logo that I just I can't get over. Uh, there are some layers with the name and uh, the logo that I like a lot, too. Uh, I'm probably never going to call this production Ice. Well, that obviously is the name uh, that it could be if you're going to turn it into an acronym. And then there's this idea of like the water melting off with all the different uh, representations of the different mediums. And that's that's that whole blending is what I like want to do as much as possible. So I think that logo is perfect. Uh, I couldn't be happier with the channel's logo. And, and I'm very appreciative for having awesome friends. Intro sound effects. Uh, my audio editing skills are not much better than my graphic design skills. And I'm not 100% sure if what I'm even or even was trying to do here comes across. It's meant to be a cacophony of dice clattering, pages turning, cards shuffling, and then spliced and put together in a way that hopefully sounds like a film reel. Uh, perhaps having to spell it out is too much. Overall, I like it. Uh, I'm open to feedback. One of the things that, that this episode is going to wrap up with is feedback related. So I would love to hear some thoughts on this and, and anything in general. Outro. Super serviceable to start. I think it's said what it needed to say, but much like some of the, the framing of the podcast in the page's description, uh, the project is uh, growing up. We are still in its early stages, and I'm still excited to see where this goes. I'm also excited where it has gone, uh, so switching some of the wording and all that for both the podcast description and outro will be implemented for episode 10. New to me, 
2023. All right, with some specific thoughts about the podcast uh, completed, we are now on to the new to me 2023 uh, section. One of the parts from the huge part that got cut out uh, was going through all of these awesome text uh, recommendations from all of the guests that I've had. And they weren't even necessarily uh, recommendations. It was just the text that I asked them to uh, share and talk about as something that had been stuck on their mind. And additionally, in that section, I did uh, discuss other you know, games, books, shows, movies, musicians that were brought up throughout the course of uh, the episodes and how diligent or thorough I was in, in making sure that I checked them out. And honestly, I did like an okay job. Any book that was mentioned in any of the episodes, uh, whether that was something that the guests had read uh, or listened to like via audiobook, was not something that I personally have read or listened to. So that gets me uh, to books. Bro, do you even read? I am self-admittedly one of the slowest readers you can find, and I have quite this odd process where I'll I'll be reading like a handful of things. Uh, for the most part, if I'm reading a whole bunch of things, I can I can pick up a book after quite the period of time and you know back back read a couple pages catch up and, and be fine and ready to go sometimes that doesn't work uh, for example when i tried to work through gravity's rainbow and then i open it up after this could even be like a couple months not not like a half year plus which is what i sometimes do i i have to start over so i've restarted that several times and that's one of my 2024 resolutions. I omitted the word resolutions from the list of things that this was going to include. Um, but I really, really, really want to actually finally read that. But a resolution before that is finishing up everything that is on my currently being read list and, and trying to like just stick through one and go with that. All right. So that's my reading habits. That's the, the long of it. Uh, the short of it is that I haven't actually completed much uh, this year. So I think that my favorite new to me uh, book then would, would have to be the combination of Dune and Dune Messiah. So this was board game uh, inspired too. I had played Dune Imperium, liked it quite a bit, wanted to watch the movies, but then decided that I would rather read uh, some of the novels before having the images from the you know film adaptation kind of be like ingrained and burned on my brain, so messing up my reading a little bit. I'm uncertain how much further I want to go with the series. One one was dense, and I know that the the next few get to be that way too. Two wound up being uh, quite different, a little bit more readable. Well, having like a completely different like tone or just having like some of the themes of the first one take a tone shift. Like it was trying to say some of the 
same things. And, you know, the intro that was written by Herbert's son, Brian, at the start of Messiah, really kind of explained, you know, how uh, Messiah got misinterpreted a bit. But I I liked it. So I like both of them. I've got a whole bunch of other books that I could uh, potentially report on in some other fashion, some other way. Uh, some of the things that I'm cutting from Dead episode might get revived in some way. Because I really I want to like find a way to be more diligent with my my reading and my watching and figuring out ways to talk about those two. Uh, in addition to all the board games that I'm playing and all the people that I'm talking to. And you're too lazy to watch movies? New to me, 2023 movies is also a, a pretty light affair and, and tricky, mostly due to a lot of uh, absences. A couple of the best uh, new to me 2023 films were actually 2023 films. And in general, I really like keeping up on uh, movies that are you know highly recommended that people are throwing around as potentially like award winners or their you know best of list things that are trying something uh, a little bit different too so i'll just note some of those absences from things that i've seen from this year and that would be you know across the spider-verse they clone tyrone rye lane past lives and killers of the flower moon so i have quite a strong feeling that one of those could be uh, my favorite new to me 2023 or favorite 2023 film in general. Just got to watch them. So the two big ones I saw were the, the two big uh, blockbusters of the summer in Oppenheimer and uh, the Barbie movie. And tentatively, uh, I will have to say that Oppenheimer is my new to me slash 2023 movie pick from like looking into it after the fact from doing more uh, research or listening and, and all this stuff about the Manhattan Project and Oppenheimer himself and, and World War II and and the plethora of things that I kind of like poured into after checking out that movie and uh, looking at some reviews and criticisms of it like I get uh, I get a lot of what's being said however you know, just from like the movie standpoint, I, I did like it uh, a lot. It was just an impactful, uh, powerful bit. I could definitely see myself uh, watching the Barbie movie more frequently. And it had it had a lot of deep uh, impacts and existential moments on me too that, that I would definitely want to revisit. And sooner, um, uh, as opposed to Oppenheimer as well, so... Kind of like a, a non-tie tie, but I I also want to watch the other ones at some point and maybe do like a look back for 2023 TV. All right, for television, obviously a lot of great choices. I, I've seen more series in 2023 and could talk about those more than I could uh, the movies. So some of the ones that I watched and liked. Uh, one of them was late 2022, early 2023 in Wednesday. It was fun. I feel like the ending kind of fell apart, so no no huge consideration as to whether or not it would be my top 
uh, new to me, 2023 for television and or can definitely uh, make make a legitimate push for that spot. Also watched uh, The Resort in 2023 as well. Had I try not to like place too high of expectations on anything, but I was quite excited to check this one out. And it definitely uh, didn't fail on those expectations at all. Perhaps bit off uh, a lot and then and then kind of like mash some things together at the end as to like answering some of these questions, but I was still satisfied with the ending. So unlike the aforementioned Wednesday issues, I, I didn't really have a ton of issues with the way it ended. I could see how others would, and I wouldn't say it was like my favorite ending either. Which brings me to like a weird spot in uh, the fact that pretty pretty easily uh, favorite new to me 2023 is actually a 2023 uh, release. Oh, another one that I did watch, uh, and which was a 2023 release was season three of Ted Lasso. Had like the show, uh, and it was a good season three too, but. 2023 release, watched it, except the final episode is The Last of Us. Uh, this one we actually started forever ago, late spring, early summer-ish. It's heavy, the episode, and if you've seen the show, you know which episode that I'm talking about. Had me crying more than any show or, or movie had since Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. I was quite a mess heaped over at the side of the couch and and that made us take a break uh, and then you know a couple later minute episodes later once we finally get back into it more ridiculously sad things happening and and make you want to pause make you want to keep watching make you want to pause and recover <laughs> emotionally but had a connection uh, with playing both video games and I don't have a ton of critical skill in assessing television, but that that would be my pick. Um, much like movies, there's plenty of things television-wise that released this year that I would check out, but I didn't make a list of those like I did for the films. My favorite TV show of all time is Fargo, and for some reason, I never watched uh, season four, I could explain it. It's just long combination of having cable and recording it and watching it in that way and then moving away from that and then never watching it, even though I still had access to it. Kind of bizarre, but that's life. I'm like six, seven episodes done in season four. I think it's great. I like the way that each season is doing something all different, and I'm pretty sure uh, season five is out right now. And I am quite, quite excited to finish season four, which I just started, restarted not that long ago, and then watch season five too. Music. I'm pretty unequipped to talk critically about most any uh, form of art, and that's going to be especially true for music. 
uh, according to the nice Spotify rap that we got not that long ago. Uh, my number one most listened to was uh, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, believe it or not, that is not a new to me 2023 uh, artist. So not in the running here. But I do kind of fall into uh, little bits where, just like the podcast, as I mentioned before, with some of my runs, I'll I'll find like a playlist and and do that on repeat to just help sync up like the rhythms and the strides and and having the same songs in the same spots just helps a lot. Like this is the landmark that I'm at, and this is where I'm going to. Um, so that's why Fleetwood Mac got a lot of time to shine. So I think without like a ton of uh, diving into it, the new to me artist is probably going to be uh, JPEG Mafia getting introduced to the collaborative album with Danny Brown. I like rappers that have different sounds and uh, both Danny Brown and JPEG Mafia are doing different things and I've listened to Danny for for a while and listening to the collab and, and then listening to more JPEG Mafia. I, I'm always on the lookout for rappers that do things uh, a little bit differently, sound a little bit differently. Even they don't have to be like off the mainstream or anything like that. There are plenty of popular ones that just have a sound or a voice or something that uh, intrigues me a little bit more than than others. So, music. Metroidvanias and roguelite. My 2023 new-to-me video game is kind of tricky. Uh, looking through my, my played list, I don't know if I have any... Uh, 2023 games on it. Uh, just double checking one right here in uh, Midnight Suns. Nope, that was uh, 2022. I did ha get. Yeah, I'm I'm behind everything for a year, so there's something something off with my schedule for some reason. I was like, oh, I have Elden Ring, uh, but. I think that is about 22. So uh, long story short, I like my video games, but I am quite behind on them. It's got to be uh, Rogue Legacy 2, which uh, I'll go back last year and say my new to me 2022 was uh, Hollow Knight, and then 2021 would have been Hades. So I think you can kind of see the types of games that I am gravitating towards. You could maybe even go back to 2020 or 19 and, and see uh, Dead Cells on that list. So Roguelites, Metroidvanias, uh, another one from this year that was, I think, a handful of years old now that I played was uh, Yoku's Island Express, which is a pinball uh, Metroidvania. And I played, I played a couple others like that, but it's just like it's just a gameplay thing and in in a comment with for the episode in with uh liz davidson i mentioned something along the lines about how you know like 
I can kind of fall into something like Hades uh, really quickly just because it's like easy for me to do so from a gameplay standpoint. And I didn't really like elaborate on it because I don't think the game and the world and everything that it wants you to uh, kind of work through from like a storytelling and thematic standpoint is, is necessarily uh, easy because I think the way that that is all crafted is super unique and special. The way that the characters are like have their stories told through the recursive nature of a roguelite uh, genre, like acknowledging the death and the discussions and the relationships and the mythology and the stories and and the side quests that you're trying to complete in order to you know link up other characters and uh man i and the soundtrack and just the fact that the gameplay is is the type where you know like i said i can i could probably turn that on right now even though i haven't played in like a year and just go for forever and get swept away and not do things that i should be doing so that's kind of like uh, Rogue Legacy 2. I don't think Rogue Legacy 2 has the world uh, or storytelling that that Hades uh, would, or even uh, Hollow Knight, even though Rogue Legacy 2 does have a lot of text and, and small things that help build towards uh, what it is that it's trying to do. But to me, I think the novelty is just the the system of the different characters and their traits and the funny combinations that ensue from that and yeah so that's my 2023 uh speaking of the uh episode with liz pentiment could uh probably be there as i've just kind of started playing that more i bought it immediately after the episode you know less than a week after that happened and then I just didn't play Steam game, Steam Deck for like two months. And post Thanksgiving have kind of gotten back to that. So perhaps that could that could win the very uh, esteemed award of my <laughs> best new to me game. But as of now, I, I it just can't. Uh, Due to the fact that I didn't finish it or come particularly close, maybe like a quarter of the way done. My biggest time sink. All right. My biggest time sink of the year. Uh, maybe last year, too. Honestly, don't don't want to go back that far into my memory to see how long I've been playing this or screenshots on my phone of, of stupid situations that have happened from the game. Biggest time sink. Marvel Snap. I feel like this episode is probably going to be in the the 40-ish minute range when it's all said and done, and I could talk about my love-hate relationship with Marvel Snap and all other types of digital CCGs, such as Hearthstone and, and Runeterra, and then a lot more about Marvel Snap for four hours. More than that. Uh, I don't think anybody wants to hear that, that... I can almost, you know, universally recommend 
the game if you have any interest in you know lane battlers if you have any interest in marvel stuff and you're not planning on taking it too seriously i think the game from like you know interface uh from development rollout of certain features and and everything like that is kind of kind of rough uh in in many regards if you just want to hop on and play there's a lot that you can do uh for free there's a lot that you probably would benefit uh spending money to get better or or more more cards uh obviously you know it's kind of like the point but again don't take it too seriously don't care if you play well for four of the six turns of a game and the other person didn't play until turn four and you still lose and wonder why that is part of the way that the game is designed well you know it's so quick uh it is relatively inoffensive in that way and i think that's what kind of gets me keeping coming back as opposed to some of the other ones that i mentioned which you know are just longer and it's easier to fit in some games of snap and that's uh one turns into a few time sunk and done if you want to hear uh people talk about the game in in a more like intelligible uh manner and actually in a discussion it was funny because i started playing this game and heard the podcast from dan thoreau and john perry like pretty shortly after after the game had uh, come out and kind of like uh, the rabbit hole that they were in, things that they liked about it, comparing it with like Airland and Sea and, and other lane battlers. So I'll link that. You can listen to that. Or if you want to have Marvel Snap episode, put that in the feedback section coming up. Board game stats and awards. Now we are to the part everybody was waiting for and this is going to be the board game reflections two zero two three new to me uh, a lot more options to choose from i'm actually going to be linking my plays i went into board game geek copied and pasted all the games that i've played this year put it in a google sheet I'll make it shareable so you can all see that, uh, see how many times I've played everything. And it's kind of nice, too, because when I just copied and pasted it into the Google Sheet, all of the games were just like hyperlinked, too. So if you want to take a look at, uh, like, Cacti, uh, if you want to take a look at 12 Chip Trick, uh, whatever it is, you can just click on that game and, and then see its uh, BGG page. So there's that. But uh, from a high-level overview, between January 1st, 2023, and early uh, December, I've played a total of 107 different games for 257 total plays. Uh, 17 of the games, 17 of the 107 games were from... 2023 as far as i could tell and i did click on every single lake and you know some of the ones are still then kind of nebulous but i went i went with bgg uh for the most part 
uh, new to me in 2023. This is kind of a crazy number. So out of the 107, 60 of these games I had not played before this year. Wide range of number of plays for them. Obviously, a lot of these games. Here, I can just highlight right now. 55 of the 107 games I played, I played once. But that means that 52 uh, I played more than once. So a lot of these new-to-me games I played one, one time, two times, all the way up to 12 as my most uh, new-to-me game. And that one was Bargain Basement Bathysphere. And that is not uh, winning very highly thought-after New to me awards. So I've got three, three awards and a couple honorable mentions, and then a mentioning after that, uh, too. So, best new to me 2023 game is Marvel Champions, the card game, or Marvel Champions LCG. Falling off the, falling in the, the wake of Marvel Snap. I guess there's the Marvel boost here. Um, but in all actuality, I think that Marvel Champions is a, a significantly more engaging and interesting game. I'd only given the LCG system a chance through uh, Arkham Horror. And it was it was definitely earlier. Uh, I think it would benefit for me if somebody like led me through it. And also if I moved beyond that core box as well, because I know that some of the campaign cycles really experiment with the way that the settings are are laid out through the cards, and that sounds like fun. It was still like a little too dense for me, and, and I feel like it still might be, uh, but I think that getting into Marvel Champions wasn't, uh, wasn't that tough. Obviously, you know, rules and things to figure out as you go, and... I think the onboarding uh, of the game, like the situation or the scenarios that it tells you to play with worked out really well. Only have played it a couple times. Uh, so saying it's like the best new to me game is kind of tough, but I, I have spent a good amount of time with it. You know, say if I picked Raw, uh, which would be a completely worthy uh, new to me game. I mean, I played it the one time. I had a fantastic time, but maybe, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Uh, I'm just throwing out a time on there. Whereas the couple plays of Marvel Champions between, you know, reading it, uh, playing out the scenarios, the one was uh, multi-handed, so that took even longer than the pure solo play. I got I got to spend a chunk of time with it, you know more more than if I had uh, watched a movie by by quite a bit, and I feel comfortable giving it uh, this word and it's my word so I'm doing what I want. All right, best new to me and I think 2023. So this gets a, a special shout out because BGG says 2021. I'm pretty sure I got my copy in 2023. I'm pretty sure that's when most people got the Kickstarter or GameFound or whatever, unless I'm sorely mistaken. And if that's the case, well, extra awards aren't 
going to make anybody uh, unhappy. So the new to me and I think new to 2023 special category award goes to for Northwood, a solo trick-taking game. Uh, I've documented how a, a final card draw uh, at, a, at a particular ruler has really uh, kind of hurt uh, the outcome of some of my games. None of none of those uh, situations or general poor play on my part or not mitigating uh, certain things as much as I probably should keep this game from, well, A, getting me want, having me want to play it, uh, and B, just, just being uh, quite, like, over the top uh, joyed to, to pull it out and have, like, a fun solo experience in, like, a genre of games that I love and fortunately been getting to play a decent amount more lately but also is a little bit of a, a struggle to you know play uh with one person there's a few more solo trick taking games coming out uh two players have have a couple uh that i've been playing a little bit more as well there too but i, I want to keep being engaged with my smaller card box types of games and this one lets me kind of like keep my my toes in that water and then I just love the game so it gets an award so this is definitely new 2023 and and then obviously new to me because it came out this year is uh 20 strong only a few plays uh, with three. All of those plays were with the Solar Sentinels deck. So there's a chance that checking out the other decks could hurt it. I mean, that's that's a real possibility. If if something's happening with the, the Too Many Bones or a Hoplo set that isn't meshing with me, maybe I'll be overall less satisfied uh, with the package. But the, the overall system and the fact that I know that there's more coming out and you can take that core idea and use the different decks is to me uh, something that I, I think is really only going to um, strengthen it uh, in my mind. Uh, the, the art for sure on the Solar Sentinel deck looks like like the best between the three. It's not like the it's bad in the other two by any stretch of imagination, but the Solar Sentinel deck is super striking. I like the the puzzle of trying to figure it out and the fact that it's you can only like make it like tougher and tougher, trying out different achievements, trying out different builds. Uh, I'm sure people will say that you're finding increasing like a, a certain uh, like die is going to be more beneficial than others. You know, sure, that's the case. Um, but you can also just try different things uh, nonetheless and and it seems like the scalability uh, for the difficulty is something that could keep you coming back for a long time uh, mixing in the other decks and so on a couple games that have just gotten 
a few plays recently and are getting a little bit of an honorable mention for me are both Devon and Town. I play a good bit of abstracts. I play a good bit of flip slash uh, rolling rights too for the flip and, and roll flip and rolling rights. Usually I'll kind of like binge. So I'll play one of them 20 times. Uh, and I didn't really have one of those uh, for this year. Flip town came in late, presented a, a different setting and, and, you know, similar comboing mechanisms that you'll see in other uh, flipping rights. However, I see like a very strong uh, bit of storytelling that has come from the, the different games that I've played. You know, I've I've had three games and I've tried three different things. Uh, I've gone mine heavy. Uh, one of them, I wasn't going to do like a ton of the the looting and, and robbing and all that. But then I had uh, like back-to-back -back trips to the general store where I just bought gun, uh, pistol, then I bought the, the rifle or, or whatever the ones are. So I had these extra powers to, to head over and start uh, robbing trains and and people on horseback and all that and got a ton of points in that way. I, I've I've liked that. I played a few few plays really uh, in quick succession. Speaking of plays in quick succession, uh, Devon played it, got it in real life, immediately played it, and then then went on to uh, BGA to try to find people to play against. I uh, have played against three people there. Have gotten beat up pretty badly in all of them. One of them was actually kind of close. Uh, however, the more I get beat up, the more I want to go back on it and get beat up again. It's so interesting, the combination of like offense and defense that you're trying to get with that game. And I I know that I'm just going for stupid gameplay strategies of trying to find out ways to like jump big stacks over the the gaps in the board or the the little valleys that are created between uh, token set sections and everything like that. But I'll, I'll sit on like my, my laptop and just have board game arena open searching for a, a Devon partner and do like 15, 20 minutes and nobody, nobody bites and eventually I'll sign off. But I would like that number to grow. I'd like my physical plays to grow of it too. The pieces are fun. Okay. Um, uh, a final, a final little, uh, call out. I'm, unless I'm mistaken, my most played, uh, designer or, you know, most different games from one particular designer would have to be my number one podcast episode in John Cloudist, uh, small box games. I see, I see a slew of them here. So I'm gonna drop my my favorite uh, new to me small box game as in the Shadow of Atlas, and that is actually a 2023 release as well. Don't have many more words to say about here than I did on the episode, so you can check that one out. But I also wanted to do a completely unsolicited little plug for his Omen uh, Kickstarter that is coming out tomorrow so if you're listening to this episode live 
or you're listening to this episode shortly after it being released. John and I didn't really talk about uh, Omen much uh, because since then, or more recently, like preceding this launch, has written about like every everything he's been thinking about in that design process. Uh, put it on to BGG. It was I love designer diaries, and this was another uh, like extremely personal and uh, delightful read. So I can link that for you to check out. I'll link the project. You know, with all of like my guests, I am beyond. Uh, grateful that they've spent their time with me and they've shared their insights. I highly recommend that you take a look at any and all of their works. And I just have uh, like a ton of ton of gratitude in general, a ton of gratitude for John and how his smaller uh, card box games kind of opened my eyes to different parts of the hobby. And and I've gone on about these games for longer than I had expected to um, as well. But, you know, I, I think one of the things that you can see in my logged plays is that a lot of the things that I am playing more are, are smaller games. Um, so whether it's like a, a solo card game, like a little two-player card game, uh, small box game and not just the company uh, but other companies small box games as well tend to have an easier time of learning uh, teaching getting people to play them with you and that's not doesn't mean I'm going to stop playing uh, large box games for some reason these large box games have a, a hard way of making it into my log plays too like they, they just take longer, and I must forget to put them into my Board Game Geek stats because I know that I had a play of Massive Darkness 2 because it took me, like, months. It was just out on the table. Not the, the most complicated game. There was a couple of things that I was, like, <laughs> stuck up on from a rules standpoint for some reason, and, and it just never timed out where I, like, had to finish it, but I eventually did. I'm sure there are other ones that I'm missing. But in addition to having a more difficult time of getting to the table, I I struggle with logging them. So that's kind of unfortunate, but that's 100% a me thing. So long story short, I'm leaning smaller, but I play anything. I'll watch anything, listen to anything, read anything. Wrap up thoughts, requests and giveaway information. All those extremely meaningful awards uh, out of the way. Just a couple of wrap-up thoughts. I've been wanting to have a website for uh, quite a while now. I, I'm, I know I can make a pretty rough-looking uh, serviceable website to do what I want it to do. I could probably do it right now. Still going to wait. I, I just want it to be like a good feel, even if it is as bare bones and uh, simplistic as it can be. I still want that bare bones and simplicity uh, to speak to me enough. I want it to be okay. And 
perhaps even be more than okay, but uh, we'll see on that. Uh, from a social media standpoint, Intertextual Cardboard Experience has a Twitter, um, late to the party, as everyone else, well, not everyone else, a lot of people are leaving that party, but uh, just in my short time there, it seems as if uh, like some meaningful uh, board game commentary and thoughts and pictures and kind words and everything like that are being shared. So I haven't posted much, but I have liked other people's thoughts. Email is still you know, bod, uh, the pod at gmail.com. Please reach out in that way. Instagram with the same name, bod the pod. Definitely a personal one. Uh, also definitely one where I've posted more board game stuff than anything else, just because I don't do that much on social media. But speaking of things that I don't really uh, do much social media on, I'm highly considering a TikTok. And before you throw a lot of negative words at board game TikTok, I have a plan that is going to kind of lean into the hmm, potential cheesiness of some of it, but then also put a twist and then also make it meta. I don't know. I have, I have this grand vision for some videos, and I think they're really stupid, but I, I think that I really like them, and I think that there's going to be some things that I make to go along with uh, these videos that I hope, or I, I can't imagine that anyone else is is contemplating uh, working on them in that way. Let's just let's throw it out there. So if when that happens, uh, I'll, I'll post that link too. But I really just want to uh, direct people uh, to the podcast. I want... Uh, the time and the insight that was shared by my guests, as you can see, well, talking talking by myself, even in this shorter way, is still tricky. You still get hung up on all these different things, and having the guests uh, with me has been like like the most fun that I've had in uh, board gaming so far. Even more than and then some of the games, like it's just. I guess, added a different layer to me. Uh, so I, I want to keep doing it. I want to keep uh, working and trying different things. And again, ultimately, just like showing my gratitude and and trying to like push uh, the podcast in uh, different ways. So that brings me to my, my very final bit, which is like my one of two requests. Uh, request one is that if you if you listen to this podcast, uh, any of the episodes, you enjoyed them in any way whatsoever, that you could share them with uh, another uh, board gamer in your life. I would just very much appreciate that for all of the reasons that I just mentioned. And furthermore, uh, for this giveaway, this is this is the giveaway of all giveaways. It could be one of many prizes. Uh, I know uh, the long 
the long and short of it is I have a lot of games on like a sell pile or willing to sell pile, new, uh, opened, all lightly played. Uh, if they're open, that I'd be willing to pack up and throw into a box and ship continentally. So sorry, anybody not in the continental uh, United States. And you have a couple options. You can go for the, the full surprise uh, box where I throw some things in there and you get it. Or I could just throw you a, a list of titles and tell you whether they're brand, brand new or basically new. And you could be like, hey, that game interests me. And I would ship it to you. So the way you enter this contest is basically between today, 12, 11, and there will be a quick reminder in the show notes for uh, 12, 18. As I said, there is an episode coming exactly one week after this bit uh, that will give you like a couple more days. So we'll say 12, 20. So you listen to it, you fill out that feedback form, and you have a chance of winning a game or some game in some way. Uh, okay, so, okay, this was sh much shorter than than that last one that I that I mentioned uh, before recording, but it's still a lot. So, uh, thank you a bunch if you stuck with me. Getting to like rework this was still it was still a, a process. Uh, it was not nearly as much as an exhausting and existential spiraling uh, mess that the, the first one was. I'm not looking at myself and and seeing pure sadness uh, in my eyes. But I'm glad I worked through this. Uh, glad that it exists. And, and I hope that it provided some form of entertainment to you uh, or some form of insight. So thank you a whole bunch. Thank you so much for listening to Intertextual Cardboard Experience. Feel free to reach out via email, which is vodthepod at gmail.com, or check out my Instagram with the same name. There's not much on there right now, but I'm looking forward to working on the Instagram and other forms of social media and a website a little bit more in the future. Until then, keep playing, watching, reading, listening, uh, experiencing. Thank you.